I'm Brandon Reed, and you're listening to Real Estate for the Rest of Us, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the world of real estate investing. I want to cut through all the industry jargon and instead serve up actionable and unintimidating information that you can use in your own real estate journey. I interview real estate professionals, and we talk about their real-life experiences. It's real simple. Now let's get into the show. In today's episode, I talk with Tom Gustafson. Tom works as a qualified intermediary for 1031 exchanges. Now, I know that if you're new to the real estate world, you either haven't heard the term 1031 exchange, or if you have, it sounds way over your head. I'm right there with you. I've heard it come up often as a creative way to build long-term wealth. I knew it had something to do with taxes, and that about covers the extent of my knowledge prior to sitting down with Tom. Tom does such a great job of making an intimidating subject feel approachable and applicable for even a novice investor. There are a lot of situations in which a 1031 exchange make a ton of sense. And as you'll hear Tom describe, it's important that you do your research on this strategy before completing the sale of your property. Hopefully hearing his advice in this episode is a great start toward that end. I hope that in this interview you find practical insights that you can learn from or directly apply as you continue on your own journey in real estate. Now here's my conversation with Tom. All right, we are here with uh, Tom Gustafson, and we are here today to talk about 1031 exchanges. How are you today, Tom? I'm doing great. So glad to be here. Good. Awesome. I really appreciate you uh, being here and taking the time. So let's let's jump right in. Um, just talk to me. Tell me what is a 1031 exchange. Sure. Uh, talk to me like I don't know anything because <laughs> sure. I really don't. Right. So uh, 1031 exchange uh, comes from Internal Revenue Code Section 1031. Uh, you probably also heard the terms tax deferred exchange, like kind exchange, starker exchange, all the exact same thing. So uh, different names for the exact same thing. And essentially what I do as a qualified intermediary is I help qualify and accommodate those transactions. And so what that is and is essentially um, any individual that owns uh, investment or business property uh, can defer uh, their taxable gain if they reinvest it in more uh, investment or business property. So essentially what I do uh, at a baseline is help people use their money now. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> right. that's a good way to so say it. So if, if you've got a highly appreciated asset and you sell it, obviously you're going to pay, uh, in many cases, uh, significant uh, capital gains on that property if it's mm-hmm. an investment. And what Section 1031 does is allows you to utilize those funds now, leverage those funds, and, uh, and then apply it towards another property. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so how do you tell me a little bit more about how you fit into that equation? Sure. Yeah. So what I do um, all day, <laughs> every day is uh, help individuals um, of all different types. I mean, we're talking, you know, I, I've talked to a guy and I'll call him Mr. Hogan out of lower Alabama who said, you know, I just want to utilize every single penny that I can. And uh, all the way up to, you know, eight, nine figure um, real estate whales, you know, they're utilizing section 1031. And what I'll do is help them first and foremost, make sure that their property that they're selling and the property that they're looking to acquire both qualify under section 1031. Uh, Cause there's not much sense in having a conversation if, you know, the property isn't eligible. So first thing I do is make sure through a series of questions that what they're looking to do is in fact in line with what the uh, tax code um, requires. Um, after that, uh, then we start discussing the sequence of how does a 1031 actually work? What, what are you actually going to do 
And what is the, the exchange or, which is what we call the individual that's looking to do a 1031, uh, what should they expect? So that's my job to help them okay. make sure that it qualifies, explain the process. And then furthermore, I help guide all throughout the process uh, and accommodate the entire transaction. Okay. So that leads me kind of in, into my next question. You're sitting down with um, with an investor, Mr. Mm-hmm. Hogan, right? Yep. And he says, okay, I, uh, I have this portfolio already. He already has a set of assets. Right. Is that correct? Okay. Yes. So he's sitting down and he and you start walking through um, the process with him. What is that typical investor? Who is Mr. Hogan it's typically? A great, it's a great question. Okay. I mean, it really, it ranges um, from um, any individual that has a property. And also most commonly, I work with individuals that own single family homes as investment properties and they're buy and hold investors. Um, one thing that you and I talked about was sort of the idea that, you know, what, 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 who's this for, you know, how, how is this used? And really section 1031 is for buy and hold investors. It's not really meant for based on the way that it's set up in the tax code for, uh, someone who's looking to flip. Um, so what I would make sure is that, uh, say Mr. Hogan is, um, has held his properties for a period of time and is looking to sell those properties and acquire new properties to also hold. Um, and so we would go through each of the properties, make sure that the usage of the property qualifies in, in terms of, uh, is it a rental property? Is it, you know, is it, is it income generating property, uh, versus maybe say a second home, you know, not to get too detailed, but there's a lot of restrictions in terms of, uh, if you're utilizing a property as sort of a vacation home for yourself Interesting. Okay. Um, and how the IRS may view that in a negative light. So really, we would just walk through each property and make sure that each one of them qualifies. And then we would discuss secondarily what he presently knows about what he's going to acquire. Um, and really, the kind of the key aspects of this are, you know, uh, that I'm always trying to figure out is number one, um, are the properties that the investor's holding, are they, uh, is, it a, is, it a, is it eligible because of their usage? Um, or the properties they're looking to acquire, um, are they planning to, again, hold those, rent them out uh, for a certain period of time? Um, uh, and so that's really what I'm trying to get at, you know, to make sure that they're not going to get in any trouble right down mm-hmm, the road mm-hmm. <laughs> with what they're looking to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's what we do. We talk through it and, um, you know, man, just thinking about today, I mean, so many different types of exchanges. Even today I spoke with a, a gentleman in, out of Winter Park, Florida, who's selling a, an investment property he purchased five years ago and he's going to buy um, a dentist's office mm-hmm. and that's going to be part of his 1031. Uh, I spoke to another gal who owns a warehouse and she wants to sell that warehouse and acquire four residential properties. Um, and so there's all sorts of different types of uh, transactions that can happen. Hmm. Um, it's very general. Uh, it's very um, advantageous even to the exchanger uh, that you can be flexible, you know, but it all kind of comes back to why would anyone want to do this? <laughs> right? mm-hmm. Why would mm-hmm. you do this? And the, the bottom line is because it allows you to utilize the capital that you would have paid in taxes in certain situations right away. And then you can leverage those funds towards acquiring Hmm. your replacement property. Um, Now, one of the key things I like to call out, you know, on the onset is that 1031 is a deferral. So it's not an exclusion. And I'm sure that some of your listeners are familiar with section 121, where you have the capital gain exclusion. Um, Explain it just in case. Yeah, sure. So (laughs) yeah, it's where you, um, if you, if you own a property, let's call it your, your primary home for five years and you live in it for a minimum of two. Um, then you qualify, uh, for a gain, a capital gains exclusion, depending on how you, um, you, uh, 
file your taxes, whether it's jointly or independently, um, you can have up to a $500,000 capital gains exclusion. And now the key here, and I'm not a CPA, so I'm not going to act like <laughs> I know all the details. <laughs> Talk to your CPA about yeah, Section 121. Yep. Um, but in this scenario, what is important is that a Section 121 is an exclusion, meaning that gain is gone. You know, that is not coming back. And in 1031, you're simply moving the gain and not only the gain, but also what's called depreciation recapture, um, you're, you're deferring your obligation um, down the road. So it doesn't go away, but you get to use those funds now. So I think maybe that was a misconception I had was it, it's a good way to say it, that you're deferring your gain, I think, or deferring your taxes. Right. I, I was think I think I was under the conception that you're, you don't pay those taxes right. ever. And, you know? So they all come at once later? Well, it, it, it depends. So in a 1031 exchange, what you're doing by selling a property, replacing it with like kind, which again is very general and we can talk about in a little bit, is that um, what your taxable obligation would have been in regards to capital gains and depreciation recapture, which come due at the sale of your investment property. Okay. <clears throat> um, you, that, that figure you get to utilize now by reinvesting. Um, now, essentially, you're you're push you're you're utilizing those funds presently, and um, and and getting to continue to uh, if should you wish sell properties through 1031s and continue to defer. So if you do one 1031, you can do another one and continue to defer. So you're able to continue to push the gain down down the road, so to speak, and continue to utilize those funds immediately. Does that gain accumulate and then you're taxed on it all yes. at the end? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So just to kind of, um, <laughs> in case any of your, your listeners are going, well, so what? Is there <laughs> any way? Like, is there any way to get to actually, you know... Um, uh, totally avoid the gain and the answer is yes to die <laughs> <laughs> there you go so but but yeah. in that i mean if you deed your property yeah that's interesting to your heirs mm-hmm. they'll receive your property to stepped up basis and that's the only way wow. that's the only way to to fully um avoid the gain oh still that's and, hugely valuable and, though. that's a, and per you know what that essentially means is you know they they would receive it and and they would not have to pay mm-hmm. the capital mm-hmm. gains on those properties wow yeah. okay okay yeah. um so, so yeah, okay. So you're saying that the the gains do they do accumulate over time? That mm-hmm. was interesting. I do not I do not think I was uh, aware of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are um, oh that was a question I had. Uh, the, who who would this not? So that's a typical investor that um, that would 1031 would make most sense for. Right. Who would it who would it not? You said flipping. It's specifically right. for buy and hold. Yes. Um, but yeah. I guess my question more succinctly is, why wouldn't you? Sure. Like, if yes. you were buying and holding properties, why wouldn't you? Well, you know, um, I I find that there's a, there's a lot of scenarios where a potential exchanger just looks at it and goes, you know, the numbers don't work for me. It's not worth it to go through the steps that I have to go through within the bounds of 1031, you know, um, in, in order to defer this amount. And oh, so okay. What okay. I, part yeah. of my conversation that I begin with is always asking the exchanger, um, have you talked to your CPA about this? And typically they'll say yes. You know, oftentimes they'll say, well, no, I haven't. I say, well, I really would encourage you to do that. And and if they say, well, I don't have a CPA, I, I kind of say, you know, now's a good time yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to talk to one. Uh-huh. Because what they'll do is calculate that figure for you. And then you look at that number and say, okay, is this worth it for me to defer? Can I use these funds now? And will it make a big impact in what I'd like to buy as a replacement property? And if the answer is yes, then 1031 is a great fit. Um, 
part of what I do is, you know, is, is talk to exchangers all day about different, you know, scenarios. And, um, there are a couple non-starters, a couple major things that really kind of just from the beginning, um, don't allow for uh, 1031 treatment. One of the major ones is that um, you cannot use a 1031 exchange on a primary residence. So you cannot sell your home, your primary home, and try and utilize Section 1031. Furthermore, you can't sell an investment property and buy a property and immediately try and move into it. Mm. So if your plan is, all right, well, I'll sell this one, I'll move into it, you know, uh, day one, that's that, that's not going to work. Um, you know, there, there's, uh, there's other, uh, other like kind um, specific requirements in terms of how you buy and sell, uh, that can cause issues. IE, you know, um, if you're looking to buy and sell within the domestic U S that's totally fine. Um, but if you want to say sell in Brazil and buy in the United States, uh, that's not, you know, so there's a, there's a couple different things that happen often, um, that kind of stop the conversation cold. Another one is I've already closed. So if you've already sold your property, 1031 is not possible and it has mm. to be set up uh, and this is a, this is a great you know sort of piece to take away from this is going all right if if i'm thinking about a 1031 sure. you know in, in, in kind of our conversation to you know the hope for today was know that 1031 is an option for mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. as an investor mm -hmm. it doesn't mean it's always going to be right fit you know mm -hmm. per your question mm -hmm. um but you should know that it's something that's available to you um but you know it, it just uh yeah, sometimes it doesn't pan out. The yeah. numbers don't yeah. work. Or yeah, because the gain wouldn't be large. And they're just saying this gain is not large enough to either justify my time on it or right. the fees on the it fees or whatever. On, right. Okay. Or, or going, okay, I have to find a property in 45 days. Mm -hmm, I have mm -hmm. to close on it. And furthermore, remember, this is just a deferral. Mm -hmm. So is it all worth it? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I again, this is all I do. So there are lots of people <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that are like, this is very much worth it. Yeah, um, sure. But um, there, I, I actually really... Uh, I'm very honest with people to say, I yep. don't think this makes sense. Right. Um, because as an, as a qualified intermediary, um, I'll tell you this, you know, it's never fun for me on day 60 when they're going, why am I doing this? Yeah, <laughs> I just found out I am only deferring X. This mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. I said, I know, I know it's a lot of hoops to jump <laughs> right. through. Right. Right. Uh, but to kind of go back to the previous point, you know, if, if it's very important to know that this is an option for you, uh, because after you close you're you can't go back and do it. Mm. So that's one thing I hope that, the, your listeners from today Definitely. get to go away from going, all right, if I'm going to, I've learned about the basics of this. Mm -hmm. And now I know that this has to be a conversation before I close. Mm -hmm. This can't be a conversation after I close. Mm -hmm. Now, do you see, uh, people that you're working with, do you see any of them, um, utilizing this? Uh, well, this isn't the right term exclusively, but are they use are they doing it on every single property? Like every property they're selling, they're deferring. Is that common or is this a one-off thing? Like I'll defer the gains question. from this sale, but not the, uh, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag. It's, it's, I mean, we have, um, we, as a, you know, as, as a business have been in, in uh, doing this for 16 years oh, wow. and, uh, we have a ton of repeat customers, people that, you know, have a vast portfolio and, and come back again and again to do 1031 exchanges. Um, but to answer your question directly, I think you need to uniquely review, uh, each individual transaction to make sure that it makes sense. And, um, and so, no, I, I wouldn't say that it's an automatic, you know, yes, you should do a 1031 in every, uh, property. Um, but I do think, uh, that you should know that it's available to you. 
Mm. And it should be a consideration and it should be on your checklist when you're looking to sell an investment Mm. property uh, or an business property to go, all right, well, I'll run the numbers by the CPA. You know, we'll look at it and make sure, see if a 1031 makes sense. If not, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, you just sell it as as if it were a standard sale and you pay the tax on it Mm -hmm. and then you're free to do whatever you'd like. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is a lot of benefit um, especially to highly appreciated assets, uh, to consider in the 1031 and, and how it can affect the, your buying power, mm-hmm. um, of, of the replacement property. And, and if you're looking to build a portfolio of properties over time, um, you know, that, uh, momentum matters mm-hmm. and you can, mm-hmm. you can really utilize that buying power. Like we were saying, uh, from the client I talked to today, I'm selling one warehouse, I'm buying four. Mm-hmm. You can buy, you know, you can, really leverage it to to exponentially grow over time yeah. you know, it doesn't happen in one transaction or sure, immediately sure. but mm-hmm. if it's part of the long-term strategy i think it's a really viable uh, option in a mm. lot of scenarios okay so yeah one more question about the who this would be right for you mentioned uh, dentist office and warehouse yeah. so it, it <laughs> how, how what is the uh the ratio of residential sure. to in, um, commercial that you're seeing people doing this yeah. on um I mean, in my experience, and I'm based in Central Florida, um, the vast amount of my business is, again, single-family homes into more single-family homes. Okay. Um, you know, only about 40% of our business is based in Florida. Uh, so we, we're, you know, nationwide. And we actually oh. do international exchanges as well. Um, but really, um, it's, it's for the single-family home investor, you know, acquiring another single-family home. However, based on the market you know, that we have a lot of individuals that say want to get out of a specific vertical and the 1031 exchange, um, 1031 exchange actually enables, you know, some diversification into different types of real property. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not limited to single family homes, you know, and, you know, like we started with, you know, what like kind exchange is 1031. I mean, I get calls all the time that go, all right, I'm selling a ranch in Montana. So that means I have to buy a ranch in Montana because it's like Mm. kind exchange. Right. And the answer is no. Um, you can essentially, uh, acquire almost any type of real property, um, in a 1031 exchange, um, as replacement property, i.e., we did, um, I think last week we did a marina <laughs> you know? and I, I had someone ask me about a cemetery and I was like, I didn't even know you sell that. All right. All right. How do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> Show um, me the numbers. Right. Exactly. So I don't know how that works, but, um, but to answer your question directly, I mean, the bulk of it is single family home, okay. you know, uh, residential. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense that that would be the tool most people would use. Um, what, uh, so Give me an idea of how you've said a couple things around it, but how do you, as the, do you say mediary? Is that uh, what, what? Yeah, qualified intermediary. Intermediary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How how do you play a part in the whole process? Can sure. somebody can somebody just go and fill out this ten thirty one thing on their own? Do you have to <laughs> sure. like how does the legal part of sure. that work? And, That's a great question. Um, so what's crazy about ten thirty one exchange and um is that in order to be a qualified intermediary, you simply don't need, you simply can't be disqualified. Okay. <laughs> so what that means is um, you, you can't utilize um, a family member related party, uh, someone that you've worked with like an attorney or an accountant on non 1031 related um, uh, business in the last two years. Uh, there are some groups like banks and title companies that are all that are able to accommodate. Um, 
But what's crazy is you you genuinely you genuinely don't need to have any sort of credential to do it, mm. um, and that's what's terrifying. Yeah, uh, about yeah, it. that's what I would um, think. And so, what's very important is to work with a group that has a history, in my mm-hmm. opinion, of mm-hmm. um, of successful transactions, has been in the business. Um, in my opinion, I'm biased, of course. Uh, I think that specialization is important, mm-hmm. and um, finding someone that that really focuses on this area is really helpful. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. And just as an anecdote, I mean, I'm, we're, we're part of what's called the Federation of Exchange Accommodators. It's a, a the national, one of the largest national groups that does, you know, 10 th- accommodates 1031 exchanges. And that group has gone to Congress and said, will you please regulate our industry? Will oh, you please yeah. provide licenses or mm-hmm. something, anything? Mm-hmm. And they said, you're too small. Oh, <laughs> we interesting. don't want to waste the time on it. Interesting. So, you know, that you have to do a lot of research mm-hmm. when you're looking to use a qualified intermediary. Because mm-hmm. um, they can say qualified intermediary. Absolutely. Can just say you could go qualified. print a business card. Yeah, it's yeah. harder to open an ice cream truck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so and, really it's about their experience. What have they done? Sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, so the, uh, so yeah, not anybody can just go fill it out. They actually have to, uh, or anybody can go and fill it out is your point. Um, but to work with somebody that's experienced to navigate what I'm sure is very complicated waters, yeah, um, that it, just, it, I mean, tax, I don't know. I would be super intimidated right. to go fill it out by myself. <laughs> right. It's, um, I don't think it's worth it, you know, to yeah, just try sure. and wing it to save a couple hundred bucks, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, I think it's it's very much a benefit to to find someone to work with, yeah. And then, I think so. you know, with with your 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 listeners looking to build over time a portfolio, finding someone you like working with is really important. Um, and uh, and building that rapport with them, yep. uh, is really is paramount. So, kind of in that in that same vein of people kind of stepping into it, maybe um, uh, uneducated or, or ill informed. What mm-hmm. what is a way that you see? the 1031 exchange strategy being applied incorrectly? Like when, what's a, what's a typical mm. mistake an investor can make in applying it and sure. like, oh, that doesn't make sense there? You know, it. Um, I would say, uh, number one, not seeking counsel before you start to understand that the numbers make sense mm, mm-hmm. is a huge misstep. Okay. And it's a, it's a great way to start on the wrong foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and so I, I highly recommend being very clear on what is it you're deferring and making a conscious decision. This is worth it. Mm-hmm. This makes sense. Uh, I think secondarily, a, a major misstep I all I see is individuals not um, taking ser- taking uh, the what's called the forty five day ID window. And we haven't talked about that yet. But if you were to Google ten thirty one exchange, one of the two major things you're going to see are, are, are two timetables. Number one is the 45-day identification window. And that simply means when you sell your property in what's called a forward or delayed exchange, where you sell your um, what's called a relinquished property or the property that you presently own, when you sell that first, you start two clocks. The first clock is the 45-day cal- uh, ID window. Okay. And that's 45 calendar days for you to determine uh, what properties are you going to to uh, consider uh, to uh, to acquire? Um, so by the forty fifth calendar day, um, the qualified intermediary must be informed of what those uh, addresses or or say legal descriptions are. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of rules to it, so we won't go into all that. Mm-hmm. But um, and I think that forty five days moves very quickly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And sure. so oftentimes I'll see exchangers in a panic. 
towards mm-hmm. the end of that period going, gosh, that moved really quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so the way to combat that is to begin looking for your replacement property before you've even sold your mm-hmm. relinquished property to be doing that concurrently to give yourself more time. Um, because that off that, that happens often. Um, and, uh, and then the second, you know, uh, period is the 180 day exchange period. And what that is, is it's, it's the time in which you have to close on the property that's identified. So okay. that's another concurrent calendar day, 180 mm. um, pe- day period that marks the, the, the full exchange period. You have to mm. close on your relinquished or your replacement property by the end of 180 calendar days. Yeah. Um, very rarely do in my experience to exchangers get to that on average, we see, you know, people within 30, 45 days, they're sure. moving, they're, mm-hmm. they're selling and they're buying, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 45 day window really trips people up yeah. and can be a real, um, be a real problem. Yeah. Uh, again, transitioning me, I think into my next question, one thing that can be nerve wracking for new investors or maybe even seasoned investors who've just never implemented this strategy is they go to do it for the first time. Yeah. And, um, especially I guess in real estate and you start dealing with taxes and things, it can just really make me nervous about doing sure. something wrong, like doing something yeah, wrong right. and ending right. up in right. jail right. for trying yeah. to make money fraudulently. Is I swear I wasn't. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that 45 day window kind of yes. feels like something like that to me. What what would happen yeah. if I started? I'm like, okay, I think this is the right thing to do. Yeah. I start moving forward and I can't get a uh, right. I can't get something else in 45 days. Right. What what sure. happens? That's great. Yeah. So um, what would happen in that scenario is if you um, if you don't identify. Um, you simply default. And what that means is your, um, during this time, during this 45 day period, your exchange proceeds are being held in escrow, which is required by the IRS. Okay. So they're being held in an account, uh, on your behalf. Mm-hmm. So on the 46th day, if you don't ID or you fail to, those funds are returned to you. And so you're out the fee okay. to, to, uh, execute a 1031. Um, but that's it. And then okay. you pay the taxes, just like if you would have just sold the property in a standard sale. So you don't go to jail. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> they, they that's what I was for. They don't throw you out on the street. Okay. Um, but it's disappointing. You yeah. know, you, yeah. you put, kind of put in the time and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you want to see it work. Now, I will say that it, I've seen it um, as a strategy. So let's say, you know, someone hears this conversation today and goes, you know, yeah, wow, this sounds interesting. Perhaps a 1031 exchange could be helpful. Um you know, and, and just like we just discussed, you can't do the 1031 after you sell. Right. 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 So it has to be set up and coordinated prior to, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes I'll work with exchangers who will say, you know, I'm not a hundred percent certain that I want to do this, but it, it only costs me the fee mm-hmm. to set it up. So I'd rather have the right, and right, we just call right. it buying the right. I'd rather okay. buy the right. Okay. to be able to do it. And mm-hmm. then over the next 45 days, see what I can find. Mm-hmm. And if I don't like anything, then that's fine. You just okay. return the funds and it's yeah. as if you would have sold it in a standard sale. Mm-hmm. So um, I see that as well. And that, that actually is more of a, a kind of, I see an intermediate or advanced maneuver where, you know, someone who's maybe doing this for the first time doesn't think about, well, gosh, yeah, I could just do it for X and, you know, the fee and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's usually someone that's done a few and maybe someone that's mm-hmm. had one fail and goes, oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> might as well just see yeah. if, you know, might as well buy the right. Yeah. Yeah. And consider it um, because it can't go back. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and I'm sure you're working with a lot of investors that are finding properties off market, not working through a typical mm-hmm. um, uh, channel like an agent. But um, if somebody is going through someone like an agent and doing it more formally that way, yeah. you, do they 
do they come straight to you guys that totally separate from the conversation with the agent? Are they coordinating with the agent who's then coordinating with you? Yeah. So that's great. That's a great question. So, um, I work with most of the time I work directly with the exchanger. Um, but many times I work with the realtor and the realtor is communicating with me about what they're finding and, um, and we're all sort of working together. Okay. Um, it's not the intermediaries responsibility in any way to, to find the property. Their, right. their job is to simply to qualify, accommodate, and then hold the funds in escrow on behalf of the exchanger. Um, but I, I certainly, you know, kind of like we were just talking about, I certainly want to make sure that both the exchanger and the realtor are aware of their dates. And I'm mm-hmm. staying ahead of them going, mm-hmm. hey, we're at four weeks, three weeks, two weeks. Whoa, what's going on? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's good to kind of all be in concert together, mm-hmm. um, finding the properties to identify mm-hmm. um, and uh, to be able to, um, you know, make sure that there's no surprises on mm-hmm. the 44th day going, oh my gosh, right, right. we have to identify by tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I find myself working with with both. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Um well, so Tom, you had told me or before when we first met, um, you were pretty new in this role, yeah. like it pretty new in this industry mm-hmm. and in this role. Um, and you had done a, a variety of things before. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, even just looking back uh, that far, what's something I like to ask this question to people? What, what's something that um, you today would tell Tom back then before <laughs> starting that you've learned since then that he, that would really benefit newbie Tom um, yeah. that didn't know anything that you've learned that just been really valuable. Mm. Um, that experience and working through challenges is what teaches you how to be great at something. Hmm. And to um, to really appreciate those mm. as soon as you can, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not wait, you know, or just don't defer some. them. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, thank you. Boom. Um, <laughs> you know, because you know, anytime you're 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 journeying into something new, uh, you're gonna you're, there's just there's just gonna be a lot to learn. There's mm-hmm. gonna be a lot to uncover, mm-hmm. and um, and so I think that just having that confidence, that, you know. Um, but this is part of the process mm. um, of, you know, like I was saying, you know, those, those exchanges I talked about, even just the conversations today, you know, you can imagine just years of, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, those conversations uh, kind of building a, a book of knowledge and, yeah. and just knowing, oh, okay, I'm going to do it this way this time. And, 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 and that helps. Um, so I think just um, having grace for yourself and the learning mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. Um, and also just finding something you love, mm-hmm. you know, I really, as odd as it sounds, this is so weird. <laughs> I really like this. That's and awesome. It's man. bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's something that I, I really enjoy Good. and I like helping people in mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a neat to be able to connect with people all over the world mm-hmm. in unique real estate circumstances. And, uh, and then you're with them for a while, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a, uh, you got to kind of like what you're doing. <laughs> and I bet, I bet a lot of what you do is you had mentioned before we'd started that, um, that you are doing some teaching, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and, and I would imagine much of your day as you go about your like day-to-day tasks is teaching, yes. I bet you're constantly educating yes. on like, here's what yeah. it is, here's Man, what you can do with it. That is such an intuitive point. And, you know, and I think for anyone listening going, I'm not even sure if I, I'm listening to this for a while now <laughs> and I don't mm-hmm. really get 1031. That's totally fine. Mm. I mean, I come across people every day conversations um you know being out meeting people and connecting that uh that this is just a very foreign bizarre thing you know and uh uh to them and um and i i really and i i i know that it can be intimidating and uh and sort of like one of those well i just even i don't even want to 
you know, dive into mm-hmm. that because it seems so crazy. Mm-hmm. Law, yeah. tax, sure. real yeah. Oh, yeah. gross. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it's most people don't know what it yeah. is or how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of why I, you know, have become an educator uh, to teach realtors and to teach, you know, I teach all over the place, all different mm-hmm. types of groups to just say, this is, this is not always the right thing, mm-hmm. but it's certainly something to know that you can utilize. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's, I'm, that's important to me to know mm-hmm. that this is an option, yep. you know, for an investor and that it may help you. Yep. Sure. And, um, and, uh, and I really enjoy that. That's um, great. But yeah, to, to, to the point of uh, being intimidated by it, it's really, uh, most people are, most mm-hmm. people don't mm-hmm. get it. And even That's extremely intelligent, you know, people that mm-hmm. have been in real estate for a long time, maybe they just never used it, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so there's, there's always an opportunity to learn and, uh, and kind of add it to the checklist or the sequence sure. of an investor going, all right, I've done all my due diligence. I'm selling this property. You know, I would say, put this as a checkpoint yeah. going, all right, maybe I should consider, is this a good 1031 option? Yep. Does, you know, does it fit? Um, if not, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But um, but don't miss the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. talk to people all the time. It's all the time that say, I didn't know about this for years. Mm-hmm. And I would have done it for years. Mm-hmm. And imagine where I could be now. Yeah. yeah. And then I went to um, this, you know, this thing and I heard about it mm-hmm. and it was helpful. Yeah. So oh, that's really that's really well said, Tom. Um I uh I think I think as we as we close here uh I would love for listeners to be able to if they cuz you said you're not just in central florida you're right. uh, anywhere yeah. anybody That's can right. work with you how can people get in touch with you if maybe they just want to learn more about it sure. if they're actually they know and they want to move forward with the 1031 yeah, exchange Absolutely um so um I'm again like I said a you know a qualified intermediary and I work with um Atlas 1031 exchange Atlas, Okay and our site is uh, uh www.atlas1031.com and um and we're on social too um not that <laughs> people look are <laughs> super hyped on the, the 1031 <laughs> yeah. they're big into the 1031 retweets <laughs> and so on uh but uh we're there as well and okay. uh, if you go to our site you can you know find uh ways to get in touch with us and uh and you know one thing i think is is is, is important to say is um to, to not be intimidated to reach out and go i don't mm-hmm. know if this works sure you know, because that's so much of what I do. That's good. And it's mm-hmm. not, and it's never like, oh, I can't believe this person's calling me. I'm, it's, I'm glad that they're getting their question answered. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, if you're going, I wonder if this is a good uh, scenario for a 1031. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll help you, you know, we can work through that. Um, and, uh, and I don't, I, you know, I, I think it's important to not, uh, uh, you know, to not not call to mm-hmm. you should call you should ask is mm-hmm. this you know because it's it's um it's fun to do that yeah you know it's sure. fun to, to discuss it and and kind of figure it out and like i said i'm not shy about saying this is a terrible mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's important and to know, or yeah. your, your cpa yeah. will be able to tell you pretty quickly right, too right, right. whether it's a good opportunity or well, not i think if nothing else it's we hear you hear a lot as you listen to real estate podcasts or read real estate blogs um to equip yourself with as many tools in your toolbox yes. as you can and Absolutely. this certainly sounds like one of those it may not apply in every situation but you need to equip yourself with the tools and at least like you said go down that checklist and say does this fit is this working right. in, in this deal so right absolutely yeah. and and you know just to kind of summarize that really succinctly you know um if if you have a property um 
you know, that you have a strong feeling and, and you've maybe confirmed with your CPA that has a, a taxable gain, both federal and we're lucky I'm based in Florida. We don't have a state capital gains tax, but in many states like California and there is suffocating, yeah. you know, yeah. capital gains tax. So you're not only paying federal, you're paying state capital gains. Mm-hmm. And then furthermore, you're, uh, there's, you know, like we're talking about the depreciation recapture. That's a whole nother element that you're going to be paying. And, mm-hmm. uh, essentially the 1031 exchange allows you to, uh, uh, utilize those funds now mm-hmm. to acquire, you know, your replacement property and, and, and really give you more capital to be able to utilize today. Mm-hmm. So, um, certainly something to consider. That's awesome, Tom. Well, this is super valuable information. I really appreciate, appreciate you walking me through it. Um, and all of us through it. I think it, 1031 exchange, like you said, it's not the sexiest thing in the world, but man, Tom, you made it, you made it <laughs> oh, look dear. sexy. You did. You did. It, this was oh, great. Boy. This was great information. So thank you. Sure. Awesome. I'm happy to help. Great. If you guys enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. That actually helps a lot to get the podcast out there as people are looking for helpful real estate investing resources online. You can also like our Facebook page to keep up to date with new episodes as they publish. And don't forget to subscribe through whatever podcast player that you use. If you have questions about a specific topic that we covered, or if you have a suggestion about another area that you'd like to see me dig into, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. I'd love to get in touch. You can email me at brandon at realestatefortherestofus.com. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. One show at a time, we'll work to make real estate investing accessible for the rest of us.